I want to thank uh, the uh, music ministry for their great work uh, today. Thank you guys. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for all the, uh, all the artists that are here with us today. It's great to be with you. It's great to be back. Uh, we just returned last week from a trip uh, to El Salvador and also to uh, Honduras, San Pedro, Honduras. And we had a great time in uh, San Salvador. Uh, our brothers and sisters that you know very well send you their greetings uh, at uh, the Ortegas, who we got to spend a year with them, and also uh, the Boyers, Chris and Viviana, uh, who are there, send you their love. Uh, I have a video, but I'll show it later, of them and their greeting, their special greeting. But it was a tremendous time, and as John shared, uh, we get to invest in the mission down there. 38 churches in nine nations in Mexico and Central America. And if you're visiting here with us today, we want to welcome you. It's very special for us to have you here with us today. And we want you to feel welcome. Uh, We are an international family of churches. Uh, We have a goal and a heart to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in every corner and every cranny of this world because we believe the message is the message of hope and salvation for our whole planet. And uh, we got our little part of the planet right here in the East San Gabriel Valley, but we get the opportunity to help. And I also want to thank Josh Peterson uh, today. He did a tremendous job last week uh, on his lesson. Thank you, Josh. Uh, You know, we got some amazing people here on staff that that serve, uh, like, like the Mantles. They're spread between here and Inland Empire, and then they serve on a congregational level, and we have the Amayas, and we have Mike Mead, and, you know, what I appreciate about Josh was that, uh, you know, he was in a, in a moment of, of challenge emotionally, and he stepped forward to deliver a great message. God, God used it. So, have you enjoyed the, uh, the God Provides Many movies in the last few weeks? Uh, it, it has really been special for me. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a visual person. And today we have, uh, I believe, one of the, the, the pinnacles uh, of the video. It's one of the most uh, prominent uh, history uh, of, of the Old Testament that we get to watch Abraham and Isaac. And it's intense. I want you to prepare yourself. But how this ties in, why is it so special? It ties in with our focal point as a region. Uh, Two things that we have as kind of primary focuses here in our ministry, in our church, the Lighthouse Church of Christ, is is faith and family. We we want to grow our faith so that it can be like Abraham, as we're going to see today. You're going to see a tremendous bar of faith in Abraham today. And we want to build family. Uh, Abraham was the beginning of a a family of faith. It started with, with him and was passed all the way down. And we're kind of like as the, the, the kids sing in their children's program downstairs, uh, we, we are, Abraham is our father of faith. And we're his children. And the, the faith has been passed down to us. And uh, today we're going to have uh, a great time. And, and the title of our, our lesson today is uh, Abraham and Isaac, his or mine? Big question today. Is it his or is it mine? And that, this, is, this is going to be a question that all of us at one time or another are going to wrestle with. Whatever we have, whether it's our own lives, is it His or is it mine? And uh, we're going we're gonna to grow our faith. And so we'll begin today. I, 
I want to give you a little bit of background about Abraham. If you're just joining us for the series, uh, Abraham was 75 years old. He was a herdsman. And God called him to leave his family, leave his, his natural, normal surroundings, and go to a distant land. Because God wanted to bless him in Genesis 12. And Abraham trusted God with that big step of faith. He listened to God. He said, I'm going to trust you, God. And he went to the distant land. And God promised him this, I will make you into a great nation. Abraham had no children at this point. He was 75 years old. How are you going to make me into a great nation, God? I'm 75. I have no children. But he trusted God through all of that. And uh, God made a special agreement with Abram, as he was called at this point. It was called a covenant. A covenant is an agreement between two parties that I'm going to give. A contract is I'm going to take. A covenant is I'm going to give. And that's the premises of a, of a covenant. And when Abram was 99 years old, okay, some time went by from 75 to 99 years old, he still had no children. So as you can imagine, he's like, okay, God, you said that you're going to, you know, make great nation, and here I am, 99, and my wife is, uh, is, is 90. So how's this going to happen? And it's one of the most powerful stories in the Bible that at 99 years old and at 90 years old, Abram had a son. And God made him a promise at this point in his life. He said, you're going to be the father and mother of many nations. And many religions trace their ancestry back to Abraham. And he said, I'm going to make them fruitful, Abraham and Sarah. I'm going to make them fruitful and be their God. In other words, I want a special relationship with you, Abraham. And not only with you, with your children and your children's children. And this is going to go on for generations. I want that relationship with you. And he also promised them and he's going to give them a huge plot of land called Canaan. And that's where the Israelites settled and made their home, even to this day. Then uh, he was going to give them a son at this point, named, and he wanted him named Isaac, with whom God would establish an everlasting covenant. Wouldn't that be awesome? To have an everlasting covenant or promise that God makes with you, not just for you, but your children and your children's children and their children. That's what God said. But again, Abram's in this situation where no children yet. But he trusted God. God said, I'm going to come back here next year. And guess what your wife is going to be holding in her arms? A little baby boy. Born from her womb at 90 years old. And all this came to fruition. So I'm leading you up to the intro to the the video because we're going to pick it up. Isaac is now uh, 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 basically a, a young boy, and Abram is just, he's feeling it. He's so fired up. God, you gave me this land. You, you gave me this boy, and this is where we're going we're gonna to pick it up. And here comes the big ask. God is going to ask Abram a huge request that was going to test his faith. 
And many ask, well, why did God ask such a big thing? And you're going to see it clearly in the mini-movie. Why did He ask? Because He was trying to take Abram's and Abraham's relationship with God to a whole nother level. So let's cue up the, the movie and we'll watch it together. to have legs like yours. Father, let me help you. Well, you think I'm getting too old for this, do you? Take it to your mother.
I could not sleep. What troubles you? What if God told me to do something I did not understand? When he first spoke to you in the land of your fathers, did you understand? No. You still followed, not knowing why. journey. That is if our master can keep up. Master, can I help you? No, you can't. Father, why do we sacrifice? We sacrifice. Out of obedience. That's how we worship. I'll never forget the, the day you were born, how fervently I worshiped that day. You were a miracle, you have I told you that? We were traveling through the Oaks of Mamre. It was a very hot day. I was sitting at the door of my tent. I looked up to the horizon. There were three men dressed in white. I, I ran to meet them and quickly realized these were not ordinary men. Who were they? They were angels. I invited them inside, and we prepared them a meal. Angels eat? Yes. They ate. One of them asked about your mother. He said that she would bear a son. Of course, we thought this was impossible. We were too old. 
In fact, your mother laughed. <laughs> the angel said to me, why? Why does she laugh? Is anything impossible with God? The next year you were born. Because nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Stay here with the donkey. Son and I will go further. We'll worship. We'll come back to you here. Master. What? is here. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? The Lord will provide himself a lamb.
son whom I love, and I trust him to raise you from the dead. Why? Because he promised. We shall name this place. What shall we name it? Jehovah Jireh. What does it mean? It means the Lord will provide. Always. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, the 
because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Let's go to God in prayer. Holy God in heaven, we consider it a privilege to come before you in your son's name. God, thank you for the great man of faith Abraham was. God, we pray that today that your word will minister to us and that we can grow our faith and have that relationship with you, God, to fully trust you. God, you know our lives, you know our needs, you know how much we hold back sometimes. Father, we pray that today you will help us to make that decision to fully trust you. God, we thank you for your son Jesus, and I pray that uh, we can follow him. We're grateful, minister to us, fill us with your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what did you think? Pretty intense. You know, the question that, why did God ask for Isaac? And the practice many years, hundreds of years before Abraham, the custom that some of the pagan nations would practice, they would offer their children up as a sacrifice. And that was the context that Abraham was surrounded with. And God wanted to take Abram's relationship with him to a whole different level and wanted to know about the trust level. You know, one of our primary focuses as a church is trust. And the good news is that God will never ask for any of our children. In fact, God considers a heinous thing to offer up children and would condemn such acts. But it was a test for Abraham. And it was a test to see if Abraham would obey and trust God fully with everything he had, including his beloved son. And there's even a message of Abraham, and those of you that understand uh, what God did for us, there's a foreshadowing about Jesus. Do you think that God felt any less pain and struggle than Abraham did in offering up his son when God offered his son for us? It was the same. The pain, the pull. But it wasn't a dress rehearsal as we saw with Abraham. God went through with it. And today, the question is, mine or his? What I have, what is mine, is it mine or his? And oftentimes, God gives us things. And we hold on to those things, and we make them ours, and we draw security from those things. 
And God wants us to remind us that you can't put your trust in those things. There's only one that can be fully trusted. And that's what Abraham represents to us in that faith test. Abraham was all in. No question. Nothing was beyond asking. He was completely devoted to God. Everything worthwhile deserves a sacrifice. Today we celebrate, or this weekend we celebrate, Memorial Day. And as you saw in the video, there are many young men who've given, and women who've given their lives for our country, for our freedom. Those entering the military force understand that, that in order to have freedom, there must be sacrifice at times. Given the moment, given the time. And the amazing thing is there's men and women that are willing to do that. To to sacrifice their life for a nation, for freedom. But the truth of the matter is we, we live in a nation, in a country where it's all about me. In fact, yesterday I, I was out on the west side of L.A. and I saw this, uh, this uh, beauty parlor and massage salon. You know what the name of the place was? All, it's all about me. And, you know, that's a pretty good name for a, a massage and beauty parlor. And it fits pretty well today in our setting, in our culture. Because that's typically the mentality. It's all about me. But in order to have a relationship with someone, it cannot be all about me. It has to be about them. In order to have a relationship with God, it can't be all about me. It's got to be all about Him. And as we're going to see today, it's an important part of faith. You know, faith is mentioned throughout the Scriptures, particularly in the New Testament. One of Jesus' primary messages was believe. The Bible talks about in the New Testament some 550 times the word faith and belief are used in the New Testament. Every book in the New Testament except two, the word is used. Some many, many times. And we're going to look at one of them today. Faith breaks down to this. Do you trust me? Are you ready to put your trust in me? Your God? Are you willing to fully trust that I can manage your life? And you know, all of us at one time or another, we are going to put our trust in something or someone. The question is, are those things and are those people trustworthy? And he asked that last question, how did Abraham do it? How did he do it? And there's some interesting things we're going to read in Hebrews. This, this, uh, this scripture describes it, Hebrews chapter 11. How did Abraham go through with it? It says here in verse 17, by faith, in other words, by trust. Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And then in verse 19 it says, Abraham reasoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. 
How did Abraham do it? How did he go through with it? And you saw in the, in the, in the movie that he wrestled with it. It was such a hard ask. A huge ask on God's behalf. How did he do it? How did he go through with it? And you know, in your faith walk, in your spiritual journey, God's going to ask you of things. And the same question may be asked, how can I do this, God? How can I go through with this challenge, this test that you put before me? And it says it right here. Abraham reasoned. And he said it to his son. Nothing is impossible for God. He is able. And see, a lot of people, when they hear this story about Abraham, they, they get weirded out. Why would God do that? Well, see, you don't know God. And so for you to hear that, it it, it whacks you out. You go, why? But if you know God, you know that He would never take something and not give it back. Double, triple, tenfold, hundredfold. See, Abram knew that. He knew that about God. He said, I serve a good God. He may be asking me this, but I know He's going to come through. Interesting thing that he shares here as he's leaving. He tells one of his servants, I don't know if you caught this. It didn't kind of come out clearly, but in Genesis 22, verse 5, he said to the servants as he was going off up to the mountaintop, look what he says here. He said to the servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. Now listen to this. We will worship and we will come back. Not I will come back. We will come back. So Abraham had already decided, God's going to give me my boy back. Because God promised, and all of my life up to this point, He has always come through in my life. He told me to leave my land. He's blessed me. He has blessed me immensely. I trust Him. And I know, as we just read, even if I have to offer up Isaac and he dies, he'll be raised back from the dead. See, Abraham had a tremendous relationship with God. It's about the relationship. How's your relationship with God today? Do you trust Him? And the interesting thing is is that God has a special desire and plan for your individual life. He doesn't love us. He does, but it's not just globally. It's individually. He loves us. He knows us. And He wants that relationship with you on an intimate level. How well do you know Him? How well do you want to know Him? And too often people judge God without knowing Him. Without understanding His heart. But you can, even today, you can understand God's heart in a deep way. And we see here, what what can we learn from Abraham? What kind of relationship did he have with God? I'd say Abraham and God were pretty tight. Wouldn't you? To him go th- to, for him to go through and all the things that he said and did, for him to go through with that, I'd say Abraham had a pretty good relationship with God. You know, and as you go through your spiritual journey of life, whatever is going on in your life, it's important that you put your trust in God. And I want you to do an evaluation Because I said earlier, every single one of us, right now, 
every single one of us right now are putting our trust in someone or in something. It may be your career. It may be your family. It may be a friendship. It may be in yourself. It may be in your health. It may be in your portfolio. It may be in your future. You're putting your trust in someone or in something. And you may be putting your, tr- your trust in you. It's all about me. And I want to ask you today, are those things trustworthy? Can you really trust yourself? Can you really trust your bank account? Can you really trust your career? Can you really trust your physical health? And as you observe people around us today in society who've put their trust in other things, how's that working out for them? As you see the crash and burn of so many who put their trust in the wrong things. And the world that we live in is pulling at us. Put your trust in this. Put your trust in this. You know, if you're young and in school, the world is calling out to you and pulling you Put your trust in material things. Put your trust in your career. And you know, all those things, it's not a a sin to have material things. It's not a sin to have a career. But you've got to ask yourself the question, is it going to be your security base? One of the conclusions that I came to at 21 years old is there's nobody out there really that's trustworthy. In fact, I came to the conclusion that I'm the biggest letdown of anybody in this world. I have made a royal mess of my life because I put my trust. It was all about me. And I understood that if I continue down this path, I'm going to leave a wake of destruction. And it's going to be a mess. So I reasoned. I said, you know, God's the only one. And so I began at 21 years old a relationship with God and and started to study the Bible and pray to Him and get to know Him. And the more and closer I got, I said, He is trustworthy. He knows better how to manage my life than I do. And it got to the point where, you know, I decided I had this career plan and I was going to do this with my life. And I said, you know, that's not going to work. I want to do this. And that's where I made my decision. I I want to go into ministry. I want to be a missionary. I want to give as much as possible of my life to God. But see, He's going to do amazing things with it. He's going to do more with my life in His hands than I will. Me trying to grab the wheel from Him and say, let's go this way. I want to do this. And this is my plan. And 26 years later, it's been an amazing ride. But the, the big asks haven't stopped. You know, that was then. This is now. I'm still on a faith journey where God's saying, you know that, that area of your life? Give it over. But wait, God, don't you understand? He's saying, I, I want to be that much closer to you. And that's getting in the way. It's the only reason why God is going to ask you for something. So He can move that out of the way. 
so that that relationship with Him can be really close. And there will be that trust and that security. And so that He can build your family, your marriage, your life. How's your trust in God and His Word? You know, and if you have faith in God, it basically boils down to, are you going to obey His Word? Obedience is a test of trust. Are you going to step out? And if God is saying, hey, I I want you to live this way, and the world's saying, no, no, I want you to live this way, where are you going to go? Are you going to embrace the culture that we live in that, you know, perversion and immorality is, it's okay, it's all good. Alternative lifestyles, it's all good, it's okay, it's acceptable. God's saying, no, it isn't, it's destructive. This is going to hurt you. This is going to hurt people around you. Stay clear of that. Are you going to trust Him? Are you going to embrace Him and say, no, this, this, is, this is the right way? You know, I remember clearly being in college, living in the dorms 24-7. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. And I felt the pull. Come on, just tonight. No big deal. We'll have a blast. There'll be ladies. There'll be lots of beverages. You deserve it. You've worked hard. And God's Word saying, no, why don't you go to this party over here where it's going to be people you can trust, where it's going to be a right environment. And He came through time after time after time. You feel the pull today? And I want to encourage you, if you don't know God well enough, today can be the beginning where you can get to know Him. And it's about your initiative. He's there for you. He wants that relationship. And as you're going to see how badly He wants that relationship. Let's read here in Romans chapter 4. And this is a, a, a reminder of Abraham. As Paul wrote this letter to the Christians in Rome, he says here, without weakening in his faith, He's faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. See, Abraham had to make a choice. Am I going to stay where I am or am I going to answer God's call to a higher level of faith? And for the members of our church here, I want to encourage you, God's not done with you yet. You may look back at your life and say, well, you know, it's been an amazing ride. And I'll stay right here. This is good where I'm at. No, God's trying to take us higher and higher and higher in our faith so we can get closer and closer to Him. And that's exciting. If you're visiting here with us How badly does God want a relationship with you? You want to know how badly He wants a relationship with you? What you just saw, He did for you. You see, God took the initiative. He took the initiative and He said, I'm going to go ahead and make that first step of faith. I'm going to show you how trustworthy I am for you. Because I know you struggle with faith. I know you struggle with that first step. 
I'm going to go ahead and step out and give you and offer up my son as an offering for the forgiveness of all your sins. Do you think I'm trustworthy? Look at the cross. I am willing to spare nothing for you. My most cherished love. My son. Me and my son. You saw it in the movie. You know, between a son and a, a father and a son and a daughter and, or a daughter and a father. I mean, there, there's a tremendous bond in a family. And you go around here and you ask, you know, hey, uh, Josh, you willing to give up your son for me? That's a big ask. I don't think Josh would go for it. God says to us, I'm willing to give up my son for you because I want this kind of relationship with you. And that's the message of faith. Is God trustworthy? Who in this world is willing to do that for you? And that's where it just tugs on your heart. And you realize, man, no one's going to love me like God. No one's going to take care of me like God. And that's why Abraham could do whatever God asked And that's why so many men who came after him, and even Jesus at that moment. Remember when Isaac, he pulled back. You know, Jesus had his moment where he cried out to God before the night before he was crucified. And he said, my God, if there's any way you can take this cup from me, I know this is going to be hard. But let not my will be done, but yours. And then he put his hands out there. And let God lead. And what did God do with His sacrifice? He saved us all. And He opened the gateway to the whole world having the opportunity to get saved. But it's an individual decision that we have to make. We have to decide. We've got to take that initiative and say, I trust you, God, and I'm going to live differently because of your Son. And I want to follow your Son. What your word says, I want to follow. And what comes from that? Nothing but blessings. A better marriage. A better life. A better core of security in your heart that I'm okay. Life is good. And no matter what happens to me, cancer, disaster, tornado, earthquake, no matter what happens, I'm good with God. Because I have an everlasting covenant with Him that's going to go on after. Let's see this, this next couple of verses. Verse 21 through 25 of Romans 4. This is why it was credited to Him as righteousness. The words it was credited to Him were written not for Him alone, but for also for us. To whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. What God's willing to do for us, give us a new life, forgive us of all of our sins, and then give us a promise that when you die, you're coming to be with me. 
You're going to be with me in heaven, side by side. And there will be Abraham. There will be Isaac. And all these patriarchs, all the apostles, all these other believers that put their trust in God. And you get to be among those people. You get to be among that congregation, that fellowship. What a blessing. All because God loves us that much. But the big ask is, what's holding you back? What are you not willing to offer up for God? How bad does God want the relationship with you? And does Jesus' sacrifice not establish enough trust for you to give over everything? Really, let's, let's sit down and reason together. Isn't He worthy of your trust? Isn't He worthy of you? And if, if, if not, I would encourage you to get to know Him better. You know, a lot of people put their trust in, in religion. But religion can be deceptive because you're going to trust all these activities that you do and really it's a false trust in yourself. It's not really a relationship with God. And we've got to be careful with that. Well, I do all the right things and that's what Paul was addressing in the letter to Rome. It's got to be in Him. And God sometimes knows that we're putting our trust in our own religiosity and so He shakes the chair a little bit to get us to wake up and go, I've got to go higher. I've got to go deeper. What's the big ask in your life today? I want you to sit down this weekend and really think it over. Take some time out. Slow down and think about this. It may be the biggest question in your life. Whether you're visiting here with us or you've been a standing member for many years, what's the big ask right now in your life? And when Abraham gave it over, What did he do with his life? He became the father of many nations. He blessed his children. His children's children were his descendants through faith. And today I want to encourage you. God wants to use your life. But you've got to answer the big ask. And you've got to turn it over. And it's a personal decision. Nobody can make it for you. And you know, it may feel better that you're here with the group and we all do it together and we're church together and man, it's really great, but it's got to come down to you and God. It's got to be an individual personal decision and there's got to be that personal relationship where you engage and you answer the question, what's the big ask? If you want to take your marriage and your family to another level, if you want to take your life to a whole other level, there's a big ask involved in that. God wants to use your life. He wants to bless your life. And He wants to be close to you. It's the most important thing there is in this life. From what the Scriptures teach. More than the ascension to a great career and money and success and great kids and all these things. What it's all going to come down to at the end of your life is, how's your relationship with God? That's all that's going to matter. Are you close? Are you under that covenant? And we have some Bible studies that we can do with you that can help really from the Scriptures help clarify all of that. And it will help you understand. 
And in closing, I want to encourage you that with Abraham and what happened with his life, and there's so many that come after him, when we accept and offer up, because it really is God's anyway. What you have, that breath that you take, where did that come from? Whose is it really? God gave it to us. Everything is a gift. Whatever you have now, you can't keep it forever. But whatever God gives you, the promise, the relationship, guess what? You can keep that forever. So think about it today. Let's look at Abraham's example. Let's look at Jesus' example. And I want to encourage you to make that decision to offer over whatever God is calling you. It it, it may be some changes in your schedule and your life. It may be here even in the church. You know, you're you're not really giving of yourself the way you could. You know, if you're visiting here with us today, maybe you don't really have a a devoted relationship with a a group of believers, which the Bible talks about. It's important for your growth as as a Christian. You can't be off on your own, independent. We live in a society where people are extremely independent. God doesn't want that. He wants us to be close to Him and close to other believers in an intimate relationship. So I'll leave you with that. Let's pray now for the communion. I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. And as you remember the people that have sacrificed so much for our freedom, remember what Jesus sacrificed for your freedom. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, it is a privilege to come.